Welcome to the Lemon Spark Podcast, where we share stories about lemons that spark a new direction in life. I'm your host, Barbara Zabala. Karen Scara, thank you so much for joining me here today. We are excited to learn about the Walking Wounded Project. But before we get there, let's learn a little bit about you and how you got there. So Karen, please tell us about yourself. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And well, yeah, my name is Karen Scara. And well, honestly, seven years ago, I was involved in a really bad car accident and I sustained some pretty gnarly injuries. My skull was fractured in three places. I had uh, internal bleeding and bruising and moderately uh, severe traumatic brain injury and a spinal fracture. So I was in the hospital for two months. And when I got out of the hospital doing outpatient therapy, I remember hanging out with a bunch of group members who were also in outpatient therapy and they mentioned, uh, not they mentioned, but this nurse overheard us and she said that a commonality between all of us was that we are frustrated with the fact that we look normal and we have nothing to show for what happened. And so this nurse said that you're the walking wounded. So I'm like, hmm, interesting. So I decided to create a little project. But because cognitively, I was not able to jump on this idea of the walking wounded movement, I decided to wait until this year. It's been really incredible. And I really want to address or create awareness around that although some people may look and act normal they could be going through something so that could refer to people who have a PTSD bipolar disorder depression and everything like um and unseen internal injuries and uh, illnesses essentially yeah it's pretty much it but I'm really looking forward to it and we'll see what happens yeah well if you don't mind I, I just want to kind of dig in a little deeper so you got into this car accident seven years ago and it, and it caused you to stay in the hospital for two months and created all kinds of physical injuries. But it sounds like no, unless you tell someone I was in a car accident and it was that put me in the hospital for two months and it probably could have killed some people. But I guess in your case, you were fortunate to survive, but you have no visible injury. Yeah, exactly. It was rather like a miracle, I guess. And I, that sounds so cheesy, but it's so true though. (laughs) Because I, um, I don't know, I just remember being told afterwards, oh, maybe like a year later and I was finally allowed to look at the pictures, but oh crap, I forgot what I was saying. See, part of it, memory. (laughs) Okay. You you look at the pictures right away or who, who didn't let you look at the pictures? Uh, my mom, she was uh, afraid that I would take it hard and that it would be uh, too much to handle, but such a lovely woman, but it didn't really phase me. But at the same time too, I was like, holy. So you looked at the pictures of yourself when you were in the hospital? The uh, pictures were of the car accident. My stepdad went back the next day and took pictures of the entire thing. And they're quite something. So of the car and you weren't allowed to see those until a year later. You said it didn't bother you as much as you thought it might? Well, me, I, I don't know. I, I see lots of the gory stuff every now and then. So I'm really not phased by much. But it, it, it hit me a little. But other than that, I was just more or less like, holy crap, how the hell does someone survive that? So when you were in the hospital, were you conscious for the whole time? Or were you, was part of the time in sort of an unconscious state? Well, I have no memory of my car accident or being in the hospital. Like I have a couple memories of being in the hospital, but other than that, oh, one way that they were able to tell the severity of my brain injury was based on the 
length or the gap of um, how much, how many days I forgot. And it was about two weeks that I had no memory. Had in there. memory for two weeks. So yeah. up until the time of the accident and then for two weeks after that. Yeah. And were you conscious the whole time in the hospital or not? Oh, you know what? I've never really looked into that, but I don't know. I was just told by like family. I think they're probably just protect, protecting me or something like that. But but one thing that did stand out for me was hearing that I would talk like Groundhog Day. As in, I would say like, hi, mom, where am I? And where's my phone? And then um, I would repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And when I heard that, I'm like, that's not possible, but it's actually a thing. How did you cope during the time where you were trying to process what happened to you and how you were going to make a way forward? No, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I was handling it okay at first because I was just very, how do I word that? Just very um, refused to accept what happened. So I just kind of went about my day, but something was always limiting me, which was like all my injuries. So I just kind of like, all right, there's a barrier. I can do this. I can do this. But over time, how I coped was um, whenever I would screw up and say something inappropriate, because now I'm very impulsive. I don't like that. I would, um, honestly, I would do self-harm I would cut myself and just as punishments and that way the whole world would see what I did to myself as a punishment it was it was just stupid right but and also I uh, battled with addiction afterwards because I was trying to gain back all those years that I wasn't able to go out and be a normal kid like I turned 18 and boom my accident and everybody's doing a normal thing and I I wasn't able to yeah. So the accident happened when you were 18. Yeah. Now you started this project, The Walking Wounded. And I love that name because as you said, it implies that people are walking around and you may not know an outsider looking at them that they are suffering or that they've been harmed or that they had a really tragic experience and they're carrying it around with them, but there's no outward signs about mm -hmm. that. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't affected them in some substantial way. I'm curious to know what happened in your life that caused you to recognize that this was a phenomenon. I mean, there must have been, you must have had personal experience with people not being sensitive or recognizing your own wounds that were hidden from view oh it's very true yeah i um i remember even a family member like those even in my family who i wouldn't see from like from time to time they would make comments like i remember i'm not gonna point out who in my family because i'm still cheesed but <laughs> he would say like karen you're making a bigger deal out of it than it already is and i'm just like dude you have no flipping idea what's going on screw off so that was just one example of people basically not appreciating or not being sensitive enough to the fact that you know you you were dealing with a lot and perhaps you know that they haven't walked in your shoes and and unless they do they may have no idea what the struggles are like so mm -hmm. So you then experienced that kind of inappropriate comment firsthand. And you said you were in a group that where a nurse had kind of identified a term for what you were feeling, the walking. Mm -hmm. uh, so then tell us about when did you start the walking wounded? Who are you trying to target? How can people learn more about it? Talk, talk to us. Is it a nonprofit or, or what is it exactly? Well, right now I'm looking to raise some money. That way I can get the business incorporated because I want it to be a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Oh crap. What were the other questions you had? I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's a, it was a string of questions. My fault. So tell us us who is the, what does the walking wounded, what will it do for people? Okay. Well, I uh, wish or want to offer uh, group therapy as well as one-on-one therapy and um, offer a chance to um, work with TED Talks and be a motivational speaker and then come back and work for um, the Walking Wounded movement and really try to spread awareness as much as I can. And um, um, But yeah, and I have a, a podcast that I'll be creating too, and that will really help spread the message. I'm really excited about that, and we'll see what happens. So for your podcast, you will be looking for people who, like you, have are maybe or have have had struggles, internal struggles, maybe emotional, mental, or physical, but aren't you know aren't visible to someone looking at them, and they have felt like they're not being recognized or acknowledged, or maybe they're being stigmatized or judged inappropriately, and want them to come onto your podcast and tell the world that it's okay to be wounded is that kind of the message what would what you yeah. see the message is being well the key message is just to make it known that switch a perspective in uh, people's minds not to judge someone based on their first glance mm-hmm. and to really get to know each other and i feel like doing that would create more understanding and patience for like a society that's a really great concept and i think you might find there are a lot of people who may not even consider themselves as a walking wounded, but maybe after hearing some of the people you interview on your podcast, maybe can see themselves in those speakers and, and in your story too, in, in a way. So I think that would really help bring to light maybe some of the struggles that people keep hidden. I love the idea of, you know, taking, removing the stigma of some of the struggles that people have uh, to normalize it, to accept it. That is part of life. So, um, so your movement is called the walking wounded movement and you want to provide your own Ted talks, Ted type talks and, mm-hmm. and group therapy. So you do you envision hiring trained therapists to deliver these group and individual sessions oh man i uh i have a plan about that and no offense to therapists or anything like that like i always appreciate their hard work but honestly with my own experience with therapy and um just the kind of people who do get that kind of degree which is admirable still but this is where i put my foot in my mouth so are you ready (laughs) (laughs) i um I'm going to strictly hire uh, life coaches and peer support workers because, like I said, in my experience, those are the most down-to-earth people who've actually gone through something and aren't just doing textbook material. And those who actually will share their story to help better you and just create more comfort, I'd say. Okay. Sorry, world. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I mean, I'm, I know that you're not alone. It, it all depends on, you know, the experiences that you've had with different professionals. I certainly, uh, in my work as a, a wellness lawyer, I hear from clients all the time who aren't trained uh, and are more of a, in the coaching role and how that peer-to-peer interaction is attractive to a lot of people, a lot of individuals who can relate to the person that they're talking to and that person can listen 
to them. So I completely understand. Your grand vision for the Walking Wounded Movement is to become a nonprofit organization that offers therapy sessions, both in group and individual forms, offers speaking opportunities, and also has a podcast related to it to spread the word, destigmatize, normalize, and embrace the fact that people are suffering on the inside, even though it may not show on the outside and that it's okay. Tell me if, if you disagree with anything I'm saying, I'm just sort of kind of uh, no, together, but you're, but you're <laughs> so not only is it okay, but it can be a badge of honor. It can be something that gives us even a more human characteristic that a lot of times is suppressed that we're supposed to be perfect and we're supposed to you know act yeah. a certain way and this is really pushing against that and trying to recognize that people are affected by things that happen and we can't just necessarily shove that aside we have to find a way to embrace it and learn from it and grow from it absolutely yeah oh just mwah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what lemon spark is about we talk about the lemon but we focus on the spark and that's why i wanted to interview you because you had a horrible lemon happen to you i mean nobody wants to go through an accident like that you went through but you were able to pull from that a very powerful lesson, which is people don't recognize all the time that internally we're struggling and we need to be open to that possibility whenever we meet someone and not be so quick to judge. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's um, very much hits home for me. And I really want to see where this will take off. And oh, I also forgot to mention the book. Oh, I'm so sorry. You got a book? Oh, tell us about the book. <laughs> yeah, it's ready for pre-ordering right now, but it's a Blue Talks book. And what that is, it's like a branch. Uh, it's a branch from TED Talks, essentially. And it's Business Life Universe is what Blue stands for. And there's 32 co-authors in there, including me. And we just talk about how to really change your life for the better and also offer like insights into other things like... Um, well, one, like the walking wounded and what it's like being a walking wounded and just like creating more awareness around that. And yeah, now it's ready for pre-ordering. And yes, that is very exciting. Congratulations. So how can people pre-order? Do they pre-order on Amazon or how, how is it best to find a copy uh, and get one reserved for when it's finally published? Well, I can send you a link and yeah, once everything like it's really out there then i can send you another link as well but yeah the first book is already an international bestseller and the second book or second edition is the one i'm in and let's hope that it does even better and you think it might be out when uh, i'd say mid-december mid i'd say yeah oh so very soon yeah oh excellent i thought maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be ready until early 2021 but no it's still going to be available in 2020 excellent so mm -hmm. blue talks so look for that book and we'll try to post a link in the description of this podcast. And if people want to reach out to you, Karen, how is the best way to reach out to you if they're maybe interested in sharing their story on your podcast or maybe helping you raise money for the Walking Wounded movement? What can they do to reach out to you? Well, I have an email you can reach me at, and that's scarasww at gmail.com. And that's spelled S-K-A-R-R-A-S-W-W -W at gmail.com.
sarahsww at gmail.com. Excellent. And do you have a website yet for the walking wounded? No, like I said, I'm working on funding right now. So that way I can actually get to be able to afford a website. But I got partnerships lined up, everything like that. It's just I need funding. So any way I could get help on that, that would be much appreciated. And just hearing your story. I'd really like to hear it. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This has been a great interview and I am so impressed with your drive and your mission in life, which is to bring awareness to the walking wounded. So all of us out there who fit in that category, and I think there's a lot of us are grateful for your work. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Thank you for listening to the Lemon Spark Podcast. If you have a Lemon Spark story to share or know someone who does, please message us on Facebook and be sure to like our page. And remember, it's not the lemon that defines you, it's the spark.